For our message today, we are talking about Palm Sunday. What is Palm Sunday? I think as we read some of our scriptures today, it might become a little bit clearer on what that is about. The title of the message is, Why All the Excitement? Why All the Excitement? So we're going to look at a couple passages of scripture. And in looking at those passages of scripture, it's going to lay the foundation for what we want to talk about today. And in the Gospels, in each of the Gospels, they present it in a slightly different way. We're only going to focus on two of them, and we're going to begin with Matthew 21. Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to read to you first verses 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Then after we read the scripture, we'll, we're going to talk about some of the aspects. And I want you to look for yourself in the crowd and in the people that are around that, and that's what we're going to talk about. Matthew 21, verse 1. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethage, of the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we had come into Jerusalem. All the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. So that's our first set. We'll come to the book of Luke in just a few minutes. But you'll see in there, it's fulfilling prophecy, and that prophecy comes from Zechariah. And we could talk about the Zechariah prophecy. We could talk about why that wasn't a horse. There's lots packed into this little verse that you don't think about. Maybe you weren't aware they weren't allowed to have lots of horses. Maybe Maybe you weren't aware of some of those things. I would encourage you to read into that and check on that. And uh, do that research. But today I, I want us to look at the crowds and the disciples and the people around them. Here's Jesus. You know, the plotting, the scheming, the Pharisees don't like him, others don't like them. And, and he's coming in, in this triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And it'll only be a week. It'll only be a week before they take him to be crucified. Actually, less than a week. But hear this triumphal entry. They bring this 
this donkey and a colt. Disciples take their clothes, lay them on the donkey. Some even take their clothes and put them out in front on the road. And some caught, caught, uh, cut branches from the, this is where we get the Palm Sunday, the palm, see, the branches of those trees, that laid in front. So it's like the red carpet uh, treatment for a king. Hosanna, Hosanna. Some have said, it basically talks about save us, save us. Others have said it's kind of like the uh, precursor to the God save the king kinds of concepts, but it was elevating them up. Hosanna, save! Crying out that in difficulty, you he's the authority that could save you from whatever calamity you're in if you, if you would cry out to the king and, and need help. There was a great celebration. It was a great celebration, and and I think we read in there in verse 11. Was it verse 11? I think so. No, it was verse 10. All the city was moved. Not too far ago, uh, not too much time ago, talking about this great revival that's happening, that was happening and going on at Asbury in their chapel. And so it makes us think about where would you be in this crowd? See, there was a great excitement about Asbury, and some even went down to see it. But there's a lot of chatter about it. Some were there. And you think about what are all the people in the crowd and the people are going on that are around when God wants to move and God wants to do something. You have some of them, they, in adoration to God, are worshiping and want to worship, worship God. Disciples, you know, putting their cloaks out there. They're, they're, they're putting their very clothes on the line. Or put them out there, putting in front of the donkey. I mean, just kind of some, imagine that, you're putting your clothes down there. Mom said don't go play in the mud, but here you're putting it underneath the donkey. I don't, I've been around horses and, and different kinds of animals. I'm not sure I would be putting my coat out underneath the donkey. So it was a great respect, great adoration. And when God comes on the scene and, and God's around, you come at it that I would, I'm willing to be sacrificial in my interaction with God. I'm, I'm willing to be the disciple that, that paves the way, so to speak. Laying the garments on the, the people in the area were laying their garments down. They were laying it on the donkey. I'm part of that group. I'm part of the disciple group. I'm giving it all. I'm putting it all out there. I've been following. I'm doing those things. I'm all in. Or I'm part of the group. Uh, hey, I recognize Jesus. I'm, I want to make it easier. I want to make this. I want to glorify God. I want to lay down this path. I want to lay down the palms. I'm going to wave in celebration. I'm going to give him adoration. Glory to God in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna. I'm part of the uplift. That's me. I'm, I'm doing those things. Or maybe you're the person that's like, wow, what's going on? There's lots of excitement. There's lots of excitement. There's this curiosity to see 
what is happening. To see what's taking place. Let's go to our second passage of scripture. In Luke 19. See, all this praise to the Lord was causing a stir. It was causing an excitement. So the people were asking, what's going on? And when people ask the question, what's going on, it gives the opportunity to what? When people ask a question, there is an opportunity for an answer. If something's going on in your life, you praise the Lord for it, and then people say, what's going on in your life? You seem so excited in the midst of the turmoil. It gives you an opportunity for you to have an answer to the joy that is within you. Luke 19, verses 28 through 40. <clears throat> Some things will sound very familiar from the other passage. Listen to the things that are slightly different. Verse 28, when he had said this, he went on ahead, going on to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethany and Bethany at the mount. Disciples saying, go into the village opposite you where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why you are losing it, thus you should say to them, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were, who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him, and and as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent. The stones would immediately cry out. They're rejoicing. They're happy in the Lord, their source of salvation. And in the midst of all that, there's this one group. There's this one group. Hey, you need to tell these people to calm down. There's a little bit too much going on here. You need to tell these people to calm down. Probably what they weren't happy about, that they may have figured out that he was fulfilling scripture. They might have remembered the scripture from Zechariah. Zechariah, you know, they had studied and things. But Jesus was turning things on, its, on their head. It wasn't the normal way. God wanted to do, God was doing something different. There had been, what, 400 years Silence, they talk about, since there had been a prophet that really had moved things. And that's that gap you'll find in Scripture. That 400 years of silence. 
Now something's happening. The Lord is moving. And there's a group that don't like it. Maybe it's because the Lord's not moving in the way that they thought, or maybe they didn't really think the Lord would move, but they want it stopped. They didn't see it. It just it was a big, a big leap for them. You know, some had thought that Jesus would come and kind of take over and kick the Romans out, but Jesus came in a different way. He was wanting to rule hearts. Eventually, he will rule it all, and he does. But they thought of it a different way. And kind of a proof of that, if we, I want to turn just a little bit over to John 12, 19. I'm not, I don't know if I gave this to the AV group or not, but John 12, 19. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has come after him. You're accomplishing nothing. The world has come after them. That's the, that's the, from John in the section of scripture that describes the same passage. But here the Pharisees sing, saying, the world has come after. They're all following him anyhow. We've done all this stuff. They're frustrated. We're doing all these stuff and still they're following him. They couldn't recognize it as Jesus. They were so focused on their rituals. Remember the Pharisees are the ones about the rituals and the traditions and those activities. They saw salvation coming through this practice. That they missed the relationship that they could have had through Jesus. doesn't mean that we need disorder to get to Jesus. doesn't mean that we don't have traditions that remind us about God, but let's not get so focused on this pattern that we miss Jesus when he shows up, that we miss Jesus when everybody else is celebrating, that we miss Jesus when everybody else is praising, because our mind is someplace else. Our mind's over on this thing. You're not, well, the Holy Spirit can't come that way because... But then there's some that go over the other side and like, hey, you know, if we had, I heard somebody use this illustration, if we, if we had smoke, you know, here in our church here, if we, if we had like fog that would come in as I'm preaching, that that, that would bring the people, that would, that would make things happen. I don't think we need small <laughs> smoke coming in and rolling in. That's not the Holy Spirit. We just need the Holy Spirit. We try to conjure up revival. We're trying to conjure up the Holy Spirit. What we need to do is be in prayer and invite the Holy Spirit. And then be willing for him to come the way he's come. Sometimes he comes and there's just a wave. The Holy Spirit moves. And sometimes it's people rejoicing, maybe raising hands, maybe shouting or Maybe it's in a song, the Holy Spirit moves, but there was all these people around, and the question becomes, in the midst of this, which person are you? Where would you be in that crowd? Would you be the one getting the donkey to facilitate the Jesus coming triumphantly into this group, into this town? 
Would you be the one facilitating that? Would, would you be the one laying the garments on, on the donkey so glorifying God or laying out the red carpet, its palms and its branches, and even my own clothes? I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to sacrifice to bring Jesus to the city. Maybe that's you. And maybe you're already doing those things. If you are, just keep on going. But there are some. There might be some. Not by, might not even be in this room. But there might be some that are looking from some other place. And I'm not saying there are, but no doubt, somewhere. They're looking and you're like, hey, you're not doing it right. If you don't have this many numbers, you're doing something wrong. If you don't have this, you're doing something wrong. You don't have that, you're doing something wrong. And they look at that part of it, what they think it means when the Holy Spirit comes, or what they think it means when the Holy Spirit works. But I think we want to rejoice in the things that God rejoices in and think about those that have been saved those we've been involved with. And they've given testimony through baptism. That's the kinds of things we want to praise the Lord about. We need to be aware that there's going to be people that are naysayers and they kind of give pushback to the way they think church should be. And for some, the way church should be might be to follow tradition. And to some, it's church should be to throw out all tradition. But when it's us pulling the levers is when we have to get in trouble. And the Pharisees tried to pull the levers. And you know, as we try to grow this church, we've tried to do a lot of different things. And maybe we've learned a lot of lessons. I think we have. But we really need the Holy Spirit. And when God comes, may we recognize the Holy Spirit. May we recognize the work that he wants to do. May we recognize our role. See, there was quite a stir about him coming. It said that it was, it was all moved. Where was that? In Matthew. That was back in Matthew Chapter 21. If we work, work, look at verse 10. And when he had come in Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Why are these people getting so excited? What's this excitement? Why all the, why all the excitement? Who is this? When you go to work or school or wherever you go, do people recognize, do people pick you out of one of the people that's celebrating Jesus? Could they sense that you have an enthusiasm about you, that there's something a little bit different that says, who is this Jesus in you? 
But there was something about the excitement. There was something about, you know, when there's something going on, when there's a, there's a, a restaurant and there's a line to get in, it seems to make the lines longer. We were on a vacation. I won't tell you where, but we were on vacation. And while we are on vacation, we come to this one restaurant, and it seemed like they wanted the line outside to be there. They had tables open, but they almost like they wanted the line to build up a little bit so people knew this was a good place to eat. So they let the line build up even out into the street and on the sidewalk. And then they would let a few more in, and then they flushed the whole line down, and then they would back it up again. Now, we don't have a line out into the street to get into the church. I don't know that there's that many churches that do. Could be. Maybe when they, they're overlapping their services. But may we have a certain excitement about us that, that we want to be in church. Because it's very easy to get into, you know, as because... You have to set up the church and tear down the church and there's all the mechanisms of the church. It's very easy for us, very easy for the preacher even, to get into the activities of the church. Kind of like the actions, like the Pharisees, and we miss the rejoicing. And then church just becomes, uh. And so if church becomes, uh, just a downer, then we say, oh, where do you go to church? Oh, I go over to such and such, you know. Yeah, you're welcome to come. We have a great time. Except for the fact that we have to do this and I have to do that. And Can you see how you can get yourself into the downer side of it so that when you're telling people about it, they can read right through it versus, yeah, we have a great time celebrating Jesus at our church. Not that that's your personality, but... Kind of what you've got on the inside comes out. So as we get busy in church, and, and church work can be tiring, and church work can be challenging, find, try to find the times to keep your, to not get weary in it, and it's hard. And to be excited about it. And find a way that we're in the service to set aside all the stuff that you can. I know we still have to have things running to recognize the Holy Spirit when he comes and to celebrate it so that we can celebrate together and maybe I came in and wasn't feeling the best that day or you were coming in and not feeling the best that day and we can kind of lift up each other because one's rejoicing while the other one's not and it kind of lifts it up. That's why we share testimonies and when we get together during the week we can uplift each other. And we can rejoice in the Lord who, who saves us, that is capable of saving us, and who, without whom we would be lost. And as he comes triumphantly into our lives, we want to be part of that. And when we part of the rejoicing and part of the enabling coming in, and we sacrificially live for him and do those things, and we're joyous about it. We don't want to be the ones that are up on the hillside saying, hey, calm those people down. They got to do it this way. And to the point that as we read in John, they were like, listen, we keep trying to get in the way of this, but they're still all following Jesus.
We want to be the people that roll it forward past all the naysayers and all the disagreements out there. Because as we preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's going to be people that disagree. Even more so now than they did even a few years ago. More so they're going to disagree with it. But we've got to keep rolling, but we need to find the joy of Jesus and the joy of the Holy Spirit. And remember the part about the celebrating. And be happy that we're Christians. So it rubs off on other people. Because we're, as you remember, the Sadducees. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They were a little more materialistic. And the way you remember that they're Sadducees, because they didn't have a resurrection, because they're sad. You see, wouldn't you be sad if you knew there wasn't a resurrection? You don't want to be sad, you see. We believe in the resurrection. We believe we have resurrection through the blood of Jesus. We believe as Easter is coming that it as a point to celebrate that Jesus saves us and walks, the Holy Spirit walks with us and we have eternity with Jesus. Shouldn't we act like it? So as they celebrated Jesus, and you think about the crowd, and you think about the different responses that we've talked through, which one's you? Which one is, I know, we get down, but which one do you aspire to be? Which one are you working for that on your bad days, it's like, okay, I'm not going to stay here, I'm going to get out of this. I recognize that I'm, I'm getting myself mentally in the wrong place, I'm not... I'm not focused spiritually. I'm not seeking God's will. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's Bible reading. Whatever it is, my desire is, my hope is, I'm working forward to, I'm not settling. I'm going to guard against beginning in the rut because I don't want to be a Sadducee. But actually, it's not Sadducee. I don't want to be sad like the Pharisees, because they missed Jesus when he came. They were upset that he was coming, because it turned everything on his head. So some of the things I preach today, it might not, don't necess, doesn't necessarily mean that I think that you're in these categories. It's a cautionary tale of you don't want to slide into some of these categories. It's a cautionary tale of be prevent from moving there. It's a reminder of, hey, I want to be aspiring. And I remember when I had the fire of Jesus, and that's what I want. I remember when I was given sacrificially. I remember when. Or I want to stay keeping. So be encouraged to keep on keeping on. To doing the right things that God asks you to do. Now, if the Holy Spirit is checking you somewhere and saying... See, this is what I was trying to, I've been trying to tell you. Well, then you need to respond to the Holy Spirit. But that's between you and God. You know what's going on in your mind and in your heart. But celebrate the entry of Jesus. Look for his coming. Look for the move of the Holy Spirit. And when someone's moved, you be moved. And when you walk out into society and we go into our communities, may they see the love of Jesus in us. And they may, might say, why all the excitement? Let's be standing together.
Father God, we ask that you would be with us. Dear Holy Spirit, teach us today. Lord, as we preach to people in all different levels of maturity in their Christian walk, some have, a, have been a Christian for a long time, some have not. And Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit will meet them where they're at and encourage those that need to be encouraged to take corrective action to do it. Encourage those that are just kind of getting a little weary from well-doing to keep on. Set the standard out there for us to aspire to. Help us to grow in that. Help us to not slide into a pharisaical view of things and miss the Holy Spirit or miss the move of God, miss the entry in Jesus. Guard us from that. Just remind some of us, you're on the right path. Hang in there. The Lord will help. But most of all, too, help us to have the excitement of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. So the people that run into us will sense there's something different about us. Maybe they sense a kindness. I mean, when we're dealing with poor service and people that get our orders wrong, boy, sometimes the way we respond, if they know that we're a Christian, help us to find the joy. And as we find the joy in our Christian living and we rejoice, the crowd, Hosanna, they might say, why all the excitement? They might sense a difference and they might want what we want. And when they ask the question, why, they might be ready with an answer. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.